The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Joined on this Super Bowl preview-ish episode, ranking, grading, Super Bowl storylines by the Super Friends, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. Ryan Finley Wilson and Breach of Palooza. What's up, Wilson, Finley? It notes when you mute yourself through StreamYard, but do whatever you want to do. Uh, we are live on YouTube and live on Twitch for almost all of these shows. So if you feel like you know you can't come to a, if we were if we were down in Tampa, we'd probably be doing this show. We'd definitely be doing this show live from Radio Row, and you'd be able to stop by and watch it in all its uh, production glory. And as it is, you just got to hang out and watch on Twitch and YouTube. But if you're doing that and you're watching live. And you want to jump in and say something in the chat, uh, have, have a question you want to ask us, have a prop you want us to discuss, by all means do it. We'll be happy to do it. All right. Thank <laughs> you. I killed it on HQ earlier. Appreciate Arctic Suresh uh, watching on YouTube. Very much appreciate that. What's up, guys? Yo, yo, yo. It's Super Bowl week breach. You didn't interrupt me. Way to go. Great start of 2021. You know, it's funny though, Brenton. If we were doing this show from Tampa, we would be in hazmat suits. So I'm staying under a non-COVID situation. Oh, I didn't know that was assumed. I, I, I don't know about like, your scenarios. You just come up with these scenarios. Who knows what's going on? Like, it is well, crazy. We did the show live from Miami, <laughs> that's where it was. And, uh, but we were on Radio Row and we had, you could like walk by and like watch us while we were doing it. And I'm sure that there would be an area for Pick Six podcast fans and listeners to come check it out. Um, maybe. I don't it's know. crazy that it was 12 months ago. Uh, I said on the HQ show we were doing the Andy Reid dance uh, right outside of um, – was that Miami Gardens? Is that Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, oh. I think. And that was a year ago. And, you know, COVID has sort of happened overseas. We were fine for the time being. I mean, we were going out. Everyone was – you know, Florida was continuing to Florida, so nothing had changed. <laughs> but it's hard. Now either, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It feels like it was like 12 years ago, not 12 months ago. But uh, hopefully next year we'll all be together in L.A. And it'll be go time. Why are Fun people yeah. The Super Bowl was supposed to be in LA this year, but right. then, uh, Los Angeles got hit with historical rains and they had delayed the opening of the stadium by a year, which had to delay the Super Bowl being hosted by a year. And so they switched with Tampa Bay. And the NFL kind of dodged a bullet there, by the way, because that Super Bowl would not be taking place in LA. Although maybe, I don't know if like they, I mean, there wouldn't be any fans there. Well, there definitely wouldn't be fans there, but they kicked the 49ers out of the, out of the state. That was playing, what's that? That was, that was a county decision. No, I'm saying oh, okay. best case scenario, the game can be played, but there's definitely no fans. So the, you're yeah. right. The, the NFL dodge bullet. Yeah. The it's NFL like, is pleased that this is taking place in Florida, which allows it to bring first responders down there. Uh, by the way, in the feed, we have the ultimate betting guide with RJ White. If you want to download that for free, go to sportsline.com. And if you want to join sportsline.com for free, if you, by the way, if you need a backdoor way to stream the Super Bowl, Go to sportsline.com slash join 
Use promo code EDGE. You'll get your first month for free. And when you do that, you get a free CBS All Access subscription. You can also just go subscribe to CBS All Access. Highly recommend it. I was watching it. What was I watching it for? I was watching it. Early. I was watching golf. So like if you, if you don't have cable, you don't need cable. If you have CBS All Access, you pay for CBS All Access, you can watch your local CBS channel for free. So you can watch professional football, like golf every weekend. Local news if you want. Local news if you want. Yeah. So go sign up for CBS All Access. It's like five bucks a month or something, six bucks a month. It's cheap. CBS All Access, soon to be Paramount Plus in March. So don't be confused. I, don't be fooled I'm not, it. I'm not trying to pre-confuse our viewers. Yeah. Um, we do that <laughs> enough during the show. Go to cbssports.com slash props. Get your chance, get, get yourself a chance to win a million dollars. There are more props than ever for the big game this year. And CBS Sports is rolling out the red carpet, trying to give you guys a chance to win some cash. Enter the CBS Sports football props game for your chance to compete for the one million dollar jackpot. Yes, one million dollars. If you correctly answer all of the questions, the winner is guaranteed fifty thousand dollars. You know, if you win, but don't answer all the questions correctly and you can win all that money for free. Don't have to risk a thing. Football props, free to play. You can win up to a million dollars. Go to cbssports.com slash props or download. This is actually the easier way to do it. Download the CBS Sports app to enter. Go check that out. Um, are you guys missing? So right now it's like 630. I think we'd be like gearing up for media night. Is that we'd be in the stadium going through security, getting, getting our, Bags sniffed by dogs as we walk through uh, security for media night. Do you, do you miss it, or has it not sunk in that we're not there? You know, it's funny for me. Like Breach and Brinson actually work on media night. They're doing usually stuff for social. Uh, they're in front of the camera. They're asking people idiotic questions. They're getting giving uh, professional football players piggyback rides. If you're Breach, for me, last year media night was awesome because here's what I did. Here's my little pro tip for people: uh, if you go to media night and you're into the draft, I go find. Every young coach who's way down on the coaching depth chart and talk to him. And I use that as a source for later because he's a young guy who in 10 years could be a GM. He could be a head coach. He could be uh, an office coordinator. And I enjoyed that. Actually, it was very useful for me. It's incredibly difficult to talk to. You're not going to talk to Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to talk to Tom Brady unless you wait for 30 minutes and yell a question and he's going to give you one word answer. If you want to talk to players further down the roster, you can do that. They'll just be milling about. And that's actually good. Uh, if you have specific questions, but at the end of the day, they're not going to serve a purpose for social media purposes unless you're asking them something silly or they have some sort of tie in that that's useful. So, uh, it's not particularly useful in, in terms of turning what I like to talk about with people into like written content that's going to go viral or whatever. But Breach and Brinson, I thought you guys did a pretty good job of, of doing your thing. Not only the draft last year, but I think even one of the best things you guys have ever done professionally was probably at the Nashville draft. Where you were on on the party buses with all the uh, soon to be, um, what are those things called? Bachelorette parties. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Wilson. That's like when people come up to me and they're like, "Oh man, I love like like." Oh, I guess now it's applicable, but they're like, "I love you. like your tweets are great." I'm like, I, you know, I write for a living, although I don't write anymore. Exactly. Um, right, but yes, you you backhand a compliment by you saying that the, the not best- backhand at all. That was that was actually really funny. Like my wife doesn't care about sports. She enjoyed that. You and Brit, you and Breach were dancing on the back of the wagon at the end of it. That was all good. So the most, the best, the high, the greatest accomplishment in the professional career of myself and John Breach is taking shots with a bachelorette party on a party bus in Nashville. Yes. 
I, I have no problem admitting it was a career highlight. I'm not ashamed by this at all. Thank we you. spent an hour and a half riding a party bus with some bachelorettes, got free shots out of it, got a good story out of it, and uh, had a lot of fun. So Showed back up to the, the bar where we were having our draft coverage. Everybody's like, what have y'all, what the hell have y'all been doing? We're like, shut up. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. Um, anyway. Well, uh, wait, well, wait, what did you guys like about specifically last year's media night? Because you guys were going around, at, you were giving piggyback rides. What were you asking questions about? Uh, who, is it Eric Fisher that got mad at us for asking for a Patrick Mahomes impersonation? I, I think, well, we were asking a bunch of questions. So we did a, tr- uh, a scavenger hunt. And so we had to ask a bunch of players random questions, how well they knew J-Lo songs, uh, if they were willing to do uh, the Patrick Mahomes impression. And, you know, like you can tell some of these guys are willing to play along. They want to have fun. Like they know they might not be back in the Super Bowl. And then other guys are just like, get the hell out of my face. I'll break your back. And you're like, all right, I'm gone, man. By the way, you know, uh, you know what wouldn't happen in 2021? Byron Pringle would not eat a Pringle from from a random can that I, I <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like he'd be like, what? I mean, first of all, you wouldn't be in the same room, but if you were, he wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, stranger, let me eat that Pringle. That's probably perfectly fine for my game day pro, uh, COVID protocols. Well, interestingly, Eric Fisher is out of the Super Bowl. He'll be there this week because he tours Achilles. But you also, I recall, if I recall correctly, uh, Lauren Duvernay Tardif, medical doctor who opted out this year. You, you mentioned him as being pretty cool as the Chiefs offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say the, actually, honestly, the highlight of, the media night was, so we were walking around and we had a pick six podcast microphone and we were doing these interviews. And I don't know if we had like somebody with a pick six podcast banner or like we were wearing pick six podcast gear or something, but we had multiple occasions where people, fans who were in that building were like, yo, what's up? Pick six podcast. Love the show. And we're like, uh, that, that was, that was very, very exciting. Cause I don't, I don't think that's happened before. At least like on a, on a remote situation. Yes. It has happened. It happened at the combine two years ago. You didn't get invited last year. Remember we were walking yeah, around at night and you got dragged into a bar and, uh, Prisco was very proud of you in the most. You no, know, we met them on the outside of the outside of the bar. They were like, they recognized Pete Prisco from the pick six podcast, which is probably Pete's career low light. <laughs> right, you know, right. being, being reminded, it's like, Oh, I know you from the pick six podcast and pardon my take. He's like, I am a beautiful Hall of Fame caliber writer. Damn it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that last year though, I, look, I don't know if it's me getting older. I don't like the movement to the That's night. That's what it is. I can already tell you before you even finish. Really? Yeah. It's you getting older. It's just, I'm, it's 10 years of seeing it. I'm just tired of it. Yes. I feel a little bit less comfortable asking the ridiculous questions than I did five years ago. I, I do think that it's gotten less absurd. And whether that is because uh, people just feel like, oh, this isn't worth anymore. We're not getting good stuff. Or just because uh, not as many people have the resources to send reporters to a Super Bowl. So that's kind of like changed the game of what this looks like. I still think it's a good time, though. So, you know, like for me personally – uh, you know, I write a kicker story every year and I, you can just talk to the kickers. No one's talking to the kickers. It's like Ryan talking to the, the coaches or the punters. Literally no one is talking to the punters. Punters are like twiddling their thumbs and you can go over there, uh, and just, you know, like Johnny Hecker was almost the MVP of the Super Bowl three years ago if the Rams would have won, right? I do make a point to talk to the punters. I talked to what was a Seahawks punter last name? Ryan. John Ryan. I talked to John Ryan. At the Denver Super Bowl, he was really nice. And I talked to who was the 49ers punter in the Ravens Super Bowl? 
That was a long time ago. He was really nice as well. They're really nice people. I talked to Steven Goskowski my first Super Bowl, 20, 2011, 2012, January. Not a nice guy. Not to me. You didn't like him? He didn't like me. Maybe you smelled right. a puke on your breath. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, dude? You might be. I, I walked all the way, like that half mile at, in 35-degree weather because I needed to, to get some fresh air. You could be exactly right. That's a good call. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't, I, I will say this. I think that as of, I think everything about the playoffs and how they've unfolded in this whole off season, this whole postseason has really felt kind of surreal for me anyway, in the sense that we've known for a long time we weren't going to the Super Bowl and I'm not, I guess it hadn't kicked in that we're not there. Um, but I also don't think there's anything, you know, I know there are a bunch of people out in Tampa maybe, but not like if you work for CBS, you're not doing anything, you know, from, from media day, which occurred via zoom during the day. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was talking about Tom Brady. He said, I'm trying to get to that level. And Brady said of Mahomes, he's only elevated since 2018. Any takeaways here from, uh, from these guys? I didn't really catch a whole ton of it. I was doing work and dealing with school during the day, but yeah, I saw you trying to figure out, uh, what a pitch was. I, I know you were busy at work today. I just thought that was a little odd to include that as a Debo. I don't know if you read through Slack today. If you did, you can tell me. But how many oceans are there? There are now five oceans. Did you know that? They're just making stuff up as they go. Pluto's not a planet. There's five oceans. What's next? That's what What's my, next? That's exactly what my wife said. What are your kids, Gen Z? I don't know what this. Like, I don't know what ages thirteen and nine are. Because Brinson, Breach, and I are all millennials. You're millennials. These two just that's barely. You're right in the middle of it. You and blanket right in the middle. You barely make the cut. Yeah, well, all millennials believe in four oceans, Ryan. That's what we have in common. I'm getting hashtag Team Four Oceans. <laughs> so I don't know when that happened. Anyway, there are four oceans. The Southern Ocean slash Antarctic Ocean is now a thing, which I don't know what that's about. I don't know where the Antarctic lobby is coming from, but but they're they're bringing it on strong. I did watch some of the um the pressers as they were. I think the highlight for me wasn't Patrick Mahomes who I thought it was cool that some of the kids got to ask questions and they were very polite. The players were in terms of answering them. Nothing super ground shattering, but I, I did love, uh, at all the questions I heard answered. Two questions I liked a lot. I like Bruce Arians saying he was mad as hell that Brian Leffers didn't get a job interview, which I thought was sort of funny. But also, I love the fact that Gronk admitted that he sort of gamed his way out of running sprints in the offseason by wearing different colored shirts on the same day and just sending those tapes individually to coaches so they thought he was working out throughout the week. Gronk is brilliant. I'm going to try and steal that strategy. That was by far the best thing that came out of media day. Um, all right. So instead of discussing the nothing burger, nothing burgers that those guys threw out there, let's, uh, let's rank some storylines. So one to 10, 10 if you love it. One if it's, uh, you know, almost nothing burger. Patrick Mahomes. Can and this is sort of from uh, somebody mentioned this in the chat, I think. But um, and by the way, George Maddox says shout out from the UK, ten to midnight here, but still watching Priority Straight. Yeah. Wow, sorry, oh, one. Uh, Alan Rico, oh three, oh seven. What do you guys? What do you guys think about Tony, Tony Romo saying Mahomes doesn't have a chance to surpass Tom Brady? And this is sort of the one. And Br- Romo's point was if Mahomes doesn't win this game. Right. Then he probably can't ever pass Brady. It wasn't he can't pass Brady. Just this game is going to decide whether Mahomes can surpass Tom Brady as the GOAT. Uh, you buying or selling? One to ten? What do you think, Ryan? 
So we talked about this a few weeks ago. If Mahomes wins, it'll be six to two. If he loses, it'll be seven to one. And I think we all agreed that six to two is all, uh, if, even though it's one game difference, two games in each direction, it feels much more quote unquote surmountable than a seven to one lead breach. Yeah. I, and, and the thing is, if you lose and you're down seven to one, you have to win eight Super Bowls to pass Brady. <laughs> like that ain't uh, happening. That absolutely isn't happening. I know how good Patrick Mahomes is, but the other thing is that, you know, Patrick Mahomes hasn't done a great job of like staying healthy for an entire season. That's something we saw Tom Brady, which I think we kind of take for granted. But besides that, like halfway mark of his career where he lost the season to his ACL in 2008, he's been remarkably healthy. It's almost insane. And Mahomes get these little injuries and those start to add up on you. Uh, so, you know, Mahomes got to stay healthy and it, just getting the eight Super Bowls doesn't seem plausible. So I think, yes, I, I I don't think that's a crazy statement to say if Mahomes wants to catch Brady, he has to win this game. Not only eight Super Bowls, but he has to, it's seven to one. So the difference is six, six to two. It's only four, only four is still a ton. No one else is doing that, but Mahomes is certainly best positioned to do it uh, until the Steelers trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't really get the Patrick Mahomes hadn't stayed healthy during the season. He's been banged up. He had the knee injury. He, um, He's he missed got, two games for injury in his career, and he came back from a crazy knee injury really early. I think this is okay. This so is he got so he got hurt. Tom Brady, Tom Brady missed an entire season with an ACL injury. Patrick Tom Mahomes Brady's played right. forty Tom years. Tom Brady any games early on. I'm saying that he's already once you start to get hurt, it's it's the the box is open. What what? <laughs> what are you talking about? That's his medical opinion. The box is open. Once you yeah, get I, hurt. I don't have a medical opinion. Hi, everybody. Once you get hurt, the box is open. <laughs> it is. Mahomes has, no, this isn't like Mahomes is missing uh, 20, 12 games a season to injury. This is if you're missing two or three games each year, what if that happens in week 17 it's instead not of week two or three games each year? You missed two games already. What? He missed two games in in, a, in the regular season already. In three years, with a, I, with a I am saying Brinson, a random that Tom Brady a pile running the ball in the red zone with an you, banged up leg and a play that Andy Reid shouldn't have called. This is a oh, he did call it. He did call it. Listen, I said Tom Brady has said stayed remarkably healthy, and it's going to be hard for Patrick Mahomes to stay that healthy. That's I think what that's I said. fair. Tom Brady. I mean, um, Patrick Mahomes runs a lot. It is. It is unlikely that he will stay as healthy as Tom Brady. Yeah, that. that's all he's saying. He's also unlikely he'll play as many years as Tom Brady. Yeah, that'll be hard because of, of his, at least the way he plays now. And God help also him. Unlikely Patrick Mahomes, a good, upstanding citizen, will be suspended four games for using for, a cell phone, for inflating a football, and fly inflating. to Italy with his supermodel wife during that four-game suspension. Yeah, no, I mean, and, look, then, and then win the Super Bowl anyway. It would be, um, it would be an upset if, if uh, so. Well, I don't know. So let's say they both they both only played one game their first. I don't know. You basically have to start two thousand two. That's Mahomes' first. You know, that's Brady's first year as a, a full time starter. Yeah. What are you trying to do? I'm just saying, like, if through Patrick Mahomes' first seven years as a full time starter, will he miss fifteen games? Because that's how many Brady missed. I mean, that's we don't we have no idea. But I mean, he's on a great start in terms of. Keeping up with Brady for this race to either seven or eight. <clears throat> um, do you yeah. think today's quarterbacks, like I think today's quarterbacks like Mahomes can easily play like Brady's the outlier p- playing till 43. I think all the quarterbacks coming in the league now can easily play to 40, 45 if, if they're good enough, which Mahomes will be. 
Yeah, that's 100%. A, I agree. That's a great point because Brady actually talked about this on his uh, conference call today where he didn't start getting into the healthy stuff and the Alex – what's Alex's last name, Breach? Guerrero. Guerrero stuff until later. But now he takes it very seriously with the yeah. you know the avocado ice cream and all other stuff. These guys coming in, and Patrick Mahomes talked about it, they know health is incredibly important from Jump Street. Russell Wilson's really big into that. Yeah, I, I think it, it makes a ton I mean, of sense. like the difference between – a guy like Mahomes who's doing these techniques. First of all, people are just being or staying healthier longer. Like bacon and cigs aren't as big a part. I mean, you know, Lynn Dawson is smoking a cig at halftime. The picture of George Blanda and Tom Brady is like the ultimate comparison yeah. of the difference. Now George Blanda looks like he's 68 and he was 43 when, you know, in that picture with Tom Brady. Right. And I just think that I, it's a great point, Debo. I think these guys will play a lot longer if they're able to play. I mean, even look at the guys, the, like the last bastions of these older, um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Peyton Manning. I mean, those are all, those dudes played a long time, but they were, they're not exactly, you know, yoga and avocado ice cream guys. They're, you know, Rivers isn't drinking beer, but most of those guys are pounding some, some cold, like ice cold Bud Light or ice cold Miller Light right after the game, or ice cold cuts if you're Big Ben. Russell or ice cold is best. To Ryan's point, Russell Wilson has said he puts over a million dollars into his body every year. Um, yep. Patrick Mahomes with four hundred fifty million dollars. Imagine how much he can dedicate to his to his body every year to play until he's forty five at the minimum. If you have twenty more years, yes, yeah, seven to one is is a big margin. But if you have twenty years to make up that difference, and you're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm putting like a million dollars worth of bourbon into my body every year. Um, not, not really. But even if he went, so if he loses, if he were to lose and he's down seven to one and you have to win seven Super Bowls, you've already played three years. If you play 20 years, you have to win seven Super Bowls over the next 17 years, which Ooh, also, and this is, I don't think people will talk about this enough. If Brady wins and it's seven to one, and maybe this is what you're getting at breach. Brady holds the tiebreaker. Like at the end of the day, everybody's going to come back to the fact that, because this is in all likelihood, maybe not, but that like that maybe the last time that Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes will square off in the Super Bowl. I mean, the odds would say that it's, it probably is just by virtue of, well, you know, Brady's age and how difficult it is to get to a Super Bowl, et cetera. Um, maybe they, maybe they play again, but if Brady wins head to head and Brady has the 2018 AFC championship game where he beat him head to head, it's going to be really hard for Patrick Mahomes to outgoat Brady when we start to look back at it, unless he has like 10 Super Bowls. So I think this one is, I think that this is a 10 and I agree with Tony Romo. I think it's almost impossible for him to catch him if he doesn't win this one. Yeah. No one's catching him if he doesn't win this one. Okay. And, and the other thing about Mahomes is after year 10, he might not have Andy Reid because we don't know how much longer Andy Reid will coach. Surely, you know, he's going to coach the next five years, but he's 62, you know, uh, who knows what he's doing after 10 years. And so maybe Mahomes doesn't have Reed for the back half of his career if he ends up playing 20 years. Let me ask you this. Let's say, um, it's six to two after this, after this Super Bowl. Let's say the Chiefs win and let's say over the next 10 years, it's six to six and Andy Reed retires. Matt Patricia coaches the next five years of the Chiefs. Do they win one more to get to seven to get Patrick Mahomes over the hump versus Tom Brady? No. <laughs> <laughs> do they, do they, the question is, do they win seven games in one season? <laughs> is this is this like a Jason Garrett situation where Patricia's headset is turned off and he doesn't know it? 
And so ever, some of the assistants are running the team. Patricia doesn't actually do anything because then no. they have a chance. They're turned on, and he has two pencils, one behind each ear. Okay, no. Uh, all right, let's look at another storyline. The Chiefs going for a repeat and the idea of a possible dynasty forming. The Chiefs would be, of course, the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowl since the 2004 Patriots did it, beating the Panthers and Eagles and Andy Reid, of course. Uh, they would be the eighth different franchise to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, is is it a dynasty forming if the Chiefs win a second Super Bowl, or are we jumping the gun? Yeah, especially in the salary cap era. It's incredibly hard to win. You have the most important player tied up forever in Patrick Mahomes. You have the second most important person in Andy Reid, arguably the most important person, still wanting to coach because he has Patrick Mahomes. Um, I don't know what their situation is in terms of players hitting free agency. I have to look real quick. But, again, you have Patrick Mahomes. And I think the real test will be if they can win this game with a banged-up offensive line. They're only going to have two starters on this offensive line of the Super Bowl that started the season. They're going to have to move some guys around. I think Wiley's going to have to move from guard to tackle. Eric Fisher's hurt. I think Stepnowski's going to have to play. He was with the Steelers at the beginning of the year. Uh, he got cut, came back. So, uh, I mean, this is going to be incredibly difficult, but I think they're certainly well positioned to, to make a legit run if they win this game uh, because of two guys, Andy Reid and old Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> And they're getting that kind of advantage that Tom Brady and the Patriots had where I feel like over the past, probably since Peyton Manning retired, you just felt like the Patriots didn't have stiff competition. The Steelers were around, but you just felt like the Patriots were going to end up in the Super Bowl every year out of the AFC. And that's where it kind of feels like, I, yeah, I know there's the Buffalo Bills and there's Josh Allen, but he could be a one-year wonder. You know, like we don't know how good they're going to be in the future. We know how good the Chiefs are going to be. And I don't know which AFC team can compete with them, right? I mean, they just beat Buffalo by two touchdowns and the score wasn't even indicative of how close it was because it was a bigger blowout than that. And if that's the next closest team on the ladder, uh, then, you know, it feels like the Chiefs are going to own the AFC. And, and if you own the AFC, like the Patriots said, that's how you start your dynasty. So I, I do think they've got one of the making here. Yeah, let's see where Deshaun Watson goes first, I guess, and then we can make that call. Because if he goes to the Dolphins, maybe the, actually if he goes to the Dolphins, it actually boosts the case for the Chiefs because then the Dolphins and the Bills are battling each other. Yeah. Devouring each other. Devouring each other. Exactly. I, I mean, I hesitate to call it a budding dynasty if only because I think we need to decide what are the qualifications for a dynasty and, you know, what is the length of success and, you know, what are, you know, how many titles do you have to win for it to qualify, right? Like back to back is a good start. All right. Well, let, let me, all right. So if the Patriots had never won another title after the first three, are they a dynasty? I don't know when they win the first three. The first one came in 2001. It was three, three years. 2004. And then they went a long time without winning one. Like if, like if Brady had been, if Brady had left, so they went undefeated in 2007, obviously, and then, then losing the Super Bowl. If Brady leaves in 2000, and nine. No, because they went back to the Super Bowl in 11 and lost. Yep. We were there. Yep. If he leaves after that Super Bowl, are they a dynasty? Yeah. In the, in the salary cap era, I think they are. Okay. I think so if you win, if you win three Super Bowls in five and go to, years and go to five. Yeah. I, I like that's got to call because it has to be a, a length of time. You know, like it can't just be if you went back to back and the Chiefs never win another one. Obviously, that's not a dynasty. That's just. Good job. You went, you won back to back Super Bowls, which is not something that's very common. Uh, but so I think you have to throw a third Super Bowl win and then kind of pick where 
that length of time cuts off. Maybe it's three Super Bowl wins in eight years. Yeah, and I say, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think if you're if you're in the mix for Super Bowls for a span of ten years and you come out of it with three titles, then that's it's hard not to call that a dynasty. Yeah, and you can't like you can't go four and twelve in one of those years either. You have to always be right. eight hundred, uh, five hundred or better, eight and eight better, and compete. And, and the dynasty factor too, I think it's a little bit of it has to. There has to be a feel to it, right? Like the Patriots were all omnipresent in the NFL since yeah. since they won in two thousand one. Yep. Really, since the O three when they beat the Panther, it, like all of a sudden it was like, oh my god, the Patriots just don't lose. And th- the Chiefs have that vibe to them. You know, like the Chiefs do feel like, I mean, yeah, the Bills are great. Here comes Mahomes. Uh, it's like, oh, the Browns are having a great season. Here comes Mahomes. Like, if that's how they feel, that's a dynasty feel. Just and the, like talking, point, What's and that? the talking point has to be, how do you beat the Patriots? How do you beat the Chiefs? No one's saying, how do you beat the Bills? They're really good. But the first talking point is, how do you beat the Chiefs? Uh, are, is an entire league gearing up and basing their strategy and specifically people in your division and in your conference, are they gearing their entire team building strategy right. around taking you out? Cause that's how the Patriots were for a long time. And yeah, I think the chiefs qualify in that regard. So probably have to win three to get into the dynastic qualification zone. Well, here's, here's the thing. If they win on Sunday and then they start the season nine and one next year, all we're talking about is the dynasty conversation. We were doing it after, uh, we were doing it after last year's win. The Chiefs are dynasty, but well, and the crazy thing about the Chiefs is you look at, we now have three full seasons of Patrick Mahomes. He's never lost a game by more than seven points. So literally the Chiefs are in every single game he plays and could have won any of them that they lost. And they could be coming off back to back Super Bowl wins, but for D Ford going off sides in 2018. Which is crazy to think about. And I think they would have handled the Rams. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, you know. That was the year they lost to them, 54-51. Yeah. Oh, God. What? That was a Mexico game? Yeah. Uh, Mexico moved to L.A. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Office sucks since then. How long ago does that feel like? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the, um, the the free agency situation is, is relatively good. They're going to lose some guys. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, Daryl Williams, that, that's one thing. Uh, they have the big guns coming back and Tyreek and, and, um, Travis Kelsey. They have a few guys on defense that could be, that will be free agents. Um, Bashad Breeland among them, but they're in really good shape, uh, in terms of, of their core guys coming back. And of course, Andy Reid as well. And Brett Veach has done a very good job drafting. Andy Reid obviously plays into that too. The thing with Reid is unlike with Philadelphia, let's say he gets the Super Bowl because that's otherwise the conversation is a little moot for a while. Um, if he gets the Super Bowl, there, I mean, Andy Reid's playing with house money in Kansas City. Back to back titles. He's, there's no pressure. You're not feeling that the way it built in, in Philadelphia year after year after year. If Andy Reid can't coach in the playoffs, Andy Reid can't get it done. Hell, I mean, la- last week, Wilson's like, you know what you got to do is you got to say, what does Andy Reid, what would Andy Reid do here? Do that. That's how far we've come where Andy Reid is the most forward thinking, smartest playoff coach, time management guy in the NFL. So yeah, Debo's shaking his head. It's unbelievable. I mean, even early on with the Chiefs, you know, there was that game, that playoff game with Alex Smith in Kansas City, or excuse me, in, in New England, where he botched the the time management stuff. It's almost like winning that Super Bowl took away everything. It took away all the takes away all the demons. It's weird. It's not even weird. It's I guess it's natural how a title does that for you. 
There's been some nightmarish Andy Reid calls. I saw, I could see it in Debo's eyes. We're past that. We're on to we're on to Kansas City. He, he hasn't done a lot of it lately, though. I, I went back and watched the Week 12 game against the Buccaneers. Um, he kicked a field goal in the first drive, like fourth inside the five yard line. Um, but at the very end of the game, they were like third and seven or eight or whatever, and they could have punted and given Tom Brady the ball back with 30 seconds to go. Threw a pass. Threw a pass from Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, your two best players, because you know that's what good coaches and good teams do. Converted it, game over. He didn't give Tom Brady another chance. We've seen teams in the playoffs make that excuse. We're going to trust their defense. Your defense sucks, and they got absolutely exposed. He didn't do that. So maybe it took him 15 years, but he learned the lesson. I think part of it, too, is having Patrick Mahomes, where you just, you're not. Matt LaFleur has to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying that Andy, I think Andy Reid thinks these things in his brain, but sometimes he's like, ah, I don't know. And now with Mahomes, and he did it with Chad Henney too, so who knows. Uh, all right, what about this one? Bucks playing at home. One to ten, Breach. How big of a storyline is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing at home? Uh, for me, it is, uh, four. I like historically, I think it's a big deal because obviously nobody has ever gotten to play at home before. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is 21 and four on the road. The Chiefs went eight and oh on the road this season. Uh, the Chiefs love playing on the road. I think Tampa Bay went five and three at home. I have to double check that. So you're talking about you had more losses at home than you did on the road. I, I don't really see an advantage here. If anything, there's more pressure on Tampa because you feel like they should win because they're playing a Super Bowl at home. Uh, so I like it as maybe a storyline to talk about, but I don't think it gives the Buccaneers any advantage at all. And you know what? This was the first year ever where home team or road teams won more games than home teams did uh, during the regular season. Yeah, four actually was. I was surprised with that low. I, I feel like it's a like a five, probably that that's about right. But uh, for the reasons you talked about, I don't know if you talked about the Chiefs flying in on Saturday, so it's just another away game for them. It's not they're not stuck in Tampa for a week, having to get uh, accustomed to staying in hotel rooms while the the, the Buccaneers stay at home. Um, and also, uh, you you mentioned how good they are on the road, but also they came here in week twelve and one, and they were up seventeen nothing at halftime. It was twenty seven in the fourth quarter. Um, and then a couple breaks went the other way, and, and Tom Brady, who threw two interceptions in that game, two terrible interceptions in that game, scored two touchdowns late, but I, it's not a big deal to me. Uh, yeah, I think it's a – I'll say it's a two for me. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say four, too. I, I just don't think it's a big deal because the Chiefs – there's no – it's not like the Chiefs are having to deal with the distractions of a Super Bowl on the road. And being in a, in a different city and the Chiefs have played in Tampa. The Chiefs have won in Tampa. Um, I don't think that Tampa, if this, if this were Brady and Belichick in New England at home, yes, huge home field advantage if they were playing at home because, you know, things, stuff. But for the Bucks, nah, nothing, nothing, not, nothing really there for me. And I just think Tampa's not a huge advantage. The Chiefs will fly on Saturday. Um, and, and they'll, uh, you know, they'll take care of business. So I, I, I think it's a two, depending on the possibility of fans getting loud in that stadium, which I, I don't, I don't think they're going to do, but uh, we shall see. Any, uh, any thoughts on winning one for Bruce Arians? Uh, they seem to love him. And Bruce Arians has a lot of funny, you know, sort of one liners, but uh, he's a good coach. He loves, he hires more minority women 
coaches than anyone on planet Earth. Tom Brady says he likes to be coached hard, which is sort of funny because he he didn't like Bill Belichick coaching him up that hard, apparently. But maybe he likes being coached hard and also being recognized for being really good. Because, uh, you know, the word on the street is that Bill Belichick wasn't one to hand out compliments, um, which may have led to the to the departure of both Brady and, and Gronk. But, yeah, I, I mean, you can win it for, for, for Bruce Arians, but I think a lot of times these players win them for themselves because if you're at this point, you don't need any real outside motivation. But I would also say that the win one for someone's storyline hasn't really been working out this season. It's one of those fairy tales that's been reset the book on fire. Uh, cause I feel like the Saints wanted to win one for Drew Brees, knowing that he's probably retiring. And yep, that didn't happen. And I'm sure the Packers wanted to win one for Aaron Rodgers. Hey man, you haven't been to the Super Bowl in 10 years, but you played like an MVP this year. Let's get you a win. Didn't happen. And so you go in the game trying to win one for Bruce Arians. Uh, I, I don't know. That's not the storyline that if I'm a player, you know, you're not winning it for Tom Brady. Dude's got six rings. So it's, I think at the end of the game, if you win it, you feel good that Bruce Arians got a ring, but that's not something I would think about as a player until, you know, it's the fourth quarter and you're up 10 points with three minutes left. Also, it's like, it's not like Bruce Arians has been there 10 years and hadn't won a Super Bowl. Like he was retired and then came back out of retirement, was working for CBS Sports, comes to Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown, mercenary. I mean, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans have played for him two years. Tom Brady, mercenary style, right? And now, like, Devin White, Antonio Winfield, you know, some of these guys are younger, probably don't know him that, I mean, they know him really well, but I don't, I don't know if it's just like, like, just blossoming sentiment, like, we gotta win this one for Bruce. Although I do think it matters. So I would say it's like around a five, just in the sense that it might be simmering below the surface, but could get ramped up. And, um, you know, you hear Bruce Arians coming out and saying like, Hey, like he's pounding the table for Byron Leftwich to get head coaching interviews. So I mean, like players, the people who play and coach with Bruce Arians love Bruce Arians and think he's a Hall of Fame coach. And if he wins this game, he is a Hall of Fame coach, I think. So maybe it's a little bit bigger than people think, but I don't know that it's necessarily like one of the most prominent storylines. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Brinson, who was that, uh, buck safety that you mentioned? What I say? I just want to keep it fair for Breach. Breach made a mistake with a chief safety. I just want you to say his name. Antoine, Antoine Winfield? Okay. How do you, <laughs> how? You, you, you dropped a Antonio Winfield, but. Oh, I said Antonio that? Brown's a mercenary. Right. And Antoine Winfield was drafted. Well, we got the tapes. Bring the tape back, son. Go piss. Go piss. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What about this one? Can Travis Kelsey supplant Gronk as the greatest tight ever, tight end ever with a win in this Super Bowl, one to ten, uh, Wilson? I think we, the, the problem is a lot of what we do is that it's all recency bias. Like Gronk dominated for the longest time. And in the last three years, he didn't play last year. He's been basically a glorified blocker. I think he's been more involved in the passing game this year, obviously, sort of as a security blanket, um, when he's able to run down the field for Tom Brady. But Travis Kelsey, I think has five straight seasons of a thousand plus yards. That's incredibly impressive. I don't know if Gronk in his current form is doing that. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's not. If Gronk in this form is on the Kansas City Chiefs roster right now. So, and Gronk did say on, on Monday that, um, Travis Kelsey, I think he said he's the best player on that team, perhaps not named Patrick Mahomes. I think is what he meant. Um, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's close. I mean, it's Mahomes, Tyreek and, and, and Kelsey. They're all incredibly important. So yeah, I, I, on a scale of one to 10, I'll, I'll say 7.5 and he may already be there. Wow. There are only, Four tight ends in NFL history that have had an, a 1,000 yard receiving year four times. And Kelsey has done it five times. And uh, you know, we're not just basing this on that, but I think that's a good way to look at it because as Ryan said, doing it five straight years, I mean, it's kind of like this dynasty thing. That's dominance when you do it for five straight years. And, and the other tight, tight ends on that list were, uh, Gronk, Tony Gonzalez and Jason Witten. So I don't think it's crazy to say, that Jason Kelsey is uh, past Gronk at this point, and he might only be two or three years away from just being the entire list of best tight end of all time. Like, just not that far away. You, know, you talk about if Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey both retired. You called him Jason Kelsey. It's fine. That's Keep a bold prediction. Yeah. I don't I know what they're laughing Kelsey's about. Mixed up. It's fine. Uh, but if Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes both retired at the end of this season, you know, like, would they both get in the Hall of Fame? It's that discussion where they both put up such good numbers that you could easily make the argument the answer is yes. I, Mahomes, pro, if Mahomes, like, abruptly left football right now, he's probably not getting in. With an MVP and two Super Bowl wins? You would, you would at least have a debate about it. I don't think he gets in like that. Who's better? In the Hall of Fame? Yeah. After four years, they wouldn't put him in after four years. Four They're years? Never, never Mahomes after three he's, years. He's saying that they retired after... No. If oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking, yeah. I'm talking about Travis Kelsey. No, uh, Kelsey would have a shot for sure getting in if he retired right now. Kelsey's still young though. He's, He's in his early 30s. Rob Gronkowski is five months older than Travis Kelsey. That just blew me away. Right. I, you, you like just have this assumption that Gronk is three or four years older. It took Kelsey a little bit to get going. Gronk pretty much dominated the, the second he stepped in the league. They're five months mm. older. 31. Gronk didn't have a monster rookie year. In fact, there were a lot of people who thought that Aaron Hernandez was the better tight end. Brock um, was injured at Arizona. He had like a back injury, I think. I mean, I think yeah, that's why he fell in the draft. He would have, yeah. He went, went the second round. Crazy injured. 42 catches, 546 yards as a rookie, but 10 that's touchdowns. good for a rookie. Yeah, 10 touchdowns is really good for a rookie. They yeah. lead the league in touchdowns the next year with 90 catches, 1,327 yards, and 17 touchdowns on the monster uh, season. And I, I think with Gronk, my thing with Gronk is that he is 
So when I think of like the greatest tight end, I think that you almost have to split them out differently. Like Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, and Travis Kelsey sort of go into one bucket of tight ends for me. And then like Gronk and George Kittle go into another one. Why? Because, I mean, like Travis Kelsey ain't maul- mauling dudes in the run game. Like Gronk was oh. a... Oh, you know, I just think that that, I think that that matters for me. That's fine. Yeah. But it's a different, I mean, it's a different, different time now too, in terms of blocking tight ends. This is a good, uh, question from Clarence Yee here. Yeah. He recalls us griddling, uh, Lawrence Duvarde Tardif about what disease he would have based on the certain symptoms. And he, he he did a very good job with them. Um, yeah. I mean, Kelsey, look, Kelsey, if Kelsey plays with Mahomes for three or four more years, and he keeps lighting up thousand yard seasons and they win a couple of Super Bowls. It's he's, he's going to end up passing Gronk because Gronk is, has one year left, maybe. Yeah, right? maybe. But I think that the one thing that Kelsey's going to be chasing is the touchdowns though, because Gronk was such a weapon in the red zone. I know Kelsey has been, but Gronk has 86 career touchdowns. That is almost double what Kelsey has. So we talk about the yardage production. That's because the Chiefs playing an offense that puts up a lot of yards. But when push comes to shove, you know, scoring is what you have to do in football because the team with the most points wins the game. And you have 86 <laughs> touchdowns. That's that's insanity. And so Kelsey's not even at 50 yet. And it's gonna he's gonna have to have what? Like four or five very, very, very good years. Yeah. And and like I mean Travis Kelsey has less receiving yards than Mike Evans. Mike Evans was drafted a year later. And I know they play different positions, but Kelsey is running routes on most of his, you know, most of his plays. I mean, he has less receiving yards than Jimmy Graham. He has less receiving yards than Golden Tate and Greg Jennings and Wesley Walker. He has less receiving yards than Eddie Kennison, Chiefs legend. So I, I think, I think in like two, 2000 yard seasons and he's almost up to 10,000 at which point a, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. So wait, you're, you're talking Frank Gore, long, Frank Gore longevity, where Breach and I just mentioned he had five straight thousand yard seasons. That's bonkers. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, like it. In order to pass Gronk, I think he probably needs five more. Tom Brady didn't have a lot of people to throw to after 2010 when Gronk out there. wasn't a lot of receivers. Him and Dan, him and not Amendola, but um, Julian Edelman. Whereas yeah, that was sort of the game plan for them, right? But my point is that Andy Reid's game plan is to throw it to Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins and to Marcus Robinson and everybody else, including Travis Kelsey. Do you think that as it stands right now that Travis Kelsey is a better tight end than Antonio Gates? No, and that's, again, recency bias. I think we're just falling into that trap. Antonio Gates was dominant, and he also was dominant as a basketball player coming out of Kent State, right? Yep. Who didn't play a ton of football. I mean, imagine that. Yeah, I think Pro Bowls are, are a pretty silly stat to go by, but I really like using first team all pro. Gronk was first. That is a all, very good stat to use. First team all pro, Gronk four, Kelsey after this year, he's now up to three. So he's, he's creeping in there. I would, I would assume and guess that he gets to four at some point in his career. We talk about legacy, you know, Travis Kelsey 11 to one this weekend to win Super Bowl MVP. How much, you know, hypothetically, if he, if he captures that, does that make up ground on, on Gronk and the legacy? Chase. Okay. So I think that I think Gronk is the greatest tight end to ever play. Do you guys disagree with that? Eh, who else is in running? Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was going to be my point. Tony Gonzalez is 
sixth all time in receiving yards amongst all NFL players. That's pretty impressive. I sort of think that to pass Gronk as the greatest tight end ever, Travis Kelsey might have to pass Tony Gonzalez in receiving yards. Eh. That doesn't seem unfair. I don't know. I mean, like if we agree that Gronk is better than Tony Gonzalez, can Travis Kelsey have worse stats than Tony Gonzalez and be better than Gronk? I'm not convinced that Gronk is better than Gonzalez. I think it's really close. Okay. I mean, he has more, he has more receiving yards than Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson. What if Tony Gonzalez played in, in six Super Bowls or five or four, however many Gronk played in? I mean, that would change our perception of him as well. Sure. He's playing on bad teams. So. He has 15,000 receiving yards. That's pretty That's good. Crazy. So he's got double Kelsey. So Kelsey would have to literally double his production at his age over his next. He's 31. So his next six years would have to be just as good as his past six years. Or his next five years have to be just as good as his past five years. I'm not saying Kelsey can't do it. I just think I would put him below Gonzalez, certainly right now. So I have him way below Gronk. But, I mean, look, he's gotten – in the last three years, since Patrick Mahomes took over as the full-time starter in Kansas City, here's what Travis Kelsey averages per season. 101.7 receptions, 1327 yards, and 8.7 touchdowns. That is obnoxiously huge. He should really be like a top-five fantasy pick, honestly. All right, let's move on to some other stuff. This one's for Ryan. Yo. Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell winning a Super Bowl ring without Big Ben as he fades into obscurity working at a – where do you think Big Ben will work afterwards? Like a Chevron or will he just be like a waiter at a a Shoney's? No, he'll be the Shoney's greeter. Let me show you to your seat. Breach, clean this table off, please. <laughs> the red, they do wear red. And Breach has a funny story about working at PF Changs for four hours. What? Did you only, did you get fired or like what happened? Uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't get fired. No, he quit because they wouldn't let him go to a Bengals game. Bengals Steelers <laughs> game in Pittsburgh. <laughs> he said, I'm out. Wait, so you, you didn't get fired. You, you mutually parted ways when they wouldn't no, let him. No, he quit. Go. Correct. You quit at a Shoney's? Uh, PF Chang's. Quite the difference, Prince. It's quite the difference. Yes, it Huge is. difference. Right. right. One's classy. I'm not knocking Shoney's. Shoney's is good. It's delicious, but it's different. You know, if you're taking your wife to PF Chang's for your anniversary, it's probably going to be less frowned upon than taking her to Shoney's. Yeah. You take her to Shoney's, <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> you take her to Shoney's, you're in trouble, buddy. You take your Shoney's to uh, serve the divorce papers. You don't take your Shoney's to celebrate an anniversary. All you can eat divorce papers. Right. <laughs> Who won the game, Breach? Uh, I think the Steelers did. So Good, good guess, think. Breach. Good guess. <laughs> Steelers-Bengals game in the last 10 years. I quit for this? <laughs> hey, this wasn't in the past 10 years, was it? No, I'm trying to – I'm looking up. Last year. <laughs> I can't remember if it was 2005 or 2006. Yeah, you lost 2005. 2006 is after Big Ben had the motorcycle accident, so you may have won that one. And the Bengals won in, 20, in 2006, but I can't okay. remember which one. It was one of the You'd remember if the Bengals won. So uh, where does this rank? The Steelers uh, outcast. Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. Where does this rank for you, Wilson, on a scale of 1 to 10? Well, it's funny because um, when I rewatched the Week 12 game, uh, of Buccaneers Chiefs, the Steelers were ten and zero, 
And uh, they're, they're like, oh, they're first place in the AFC. They're still a game ahead of the Chiefs. They're still in this thing, and they have the, you know, they're going to have the home field advantage when they get the bye. And everything went south from there pretty much. They went to 11 and 0, and the wheels fell off. I, I'm fine with Le'Veon Bell and or Antonio Brown getting a Super Bowl ring. 2010 is when Antonio joined the team as a rookie, so he was there. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have one, but he's been in one. He went to the Super Bowl and they lost to the Packers. That was your first Super Bowl, I think. Uh, Le'Veon has never been to the Super Bowl with the Steelers, obviously. 2013 is when it was his first year. And he was a big part of getting into the playoffs. And, and then he, he would get hurt. One time he got hurt by stupid um, Vontez Barfick in the middle of the season. He couldn't play in the playoffs that year. Thank you, Breach, for that. Um, and that's one of the reasons they lost. You know, losing in 2015, in fact, that's when it was, because they lost – to the Broncos in a game they should have won because their backup um, running back fumbled the ball into the game. They had a one breach. So there's oh, your... your running back fumbled the ball to lose you a game. What does that sound like <laughs> in 2015, Wilson? Huh. Yeah, the week after, you I guess. You been playing in that round. You should have been lost to the Bengals in the wild That's card round. Right. But, yeah, so I'm fine if either one of them win it. I think given the 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 legal history – I would rather Le'Veon win than Antonio, but maybe Antonio's um, found the help that he's needed, and he's a good person now. But on Over scale, under on how many rap videos Le'Veon Bell makes if he gets a Super Bowl ring with his Super Bowl ring in it. That's my ring finger. 21. That's probably right. I'll say over. So, yeah, I'm fine with it. So um, I'm not upset at all. So I'll say a one on scale, one to ten in terms of being upset. Oh, well, okay. All right. On oh, a storyline angle, I'd say it's like a three and a half. Oh, in terms of storyline, I couldn't remember what the scale was for. Story, yeah, it's 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 something that you would definitely talk about at media night if there were a media night. They would get a million questions about it. But um, or how much do you hate Ben Roethlisberger? Are you mad that Mike Tomlin got angry at you for Facebook Facebook living the the locker room after you beat the Chiefs against Alex Smith that year? Those Have type you of things. Any of your court cases? <laughs> that that would be a great question. That I would love Breach to answer, uh, to ask Antonio Brown to his face with a pick six podcast mic. <laughs> that would be promptly broken over his head. Six times. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of a storyline, yeah, three and a half sounds about right. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Eric Bieniemy proving he deserved a head coaching job or if you want Byron Leftwich proving he got snubbed by Debo in this rundown. Where does that rank on your storylines? Well, oh, Aaron, one of ten. Debo Bruce Arians, your boy. Yeah, Bruce Arians right. said he was angry about it, and um, Andy Reid said he was happy to have Eric Bieniemy back, but he was angry that he was coming back, and the implication being that he should get a head coaching job. Also, when you go back and watch the Week Twelve game, the broadcast version, Tony Romo and Jim Nance are like, "There's no way Eric Bieniemy is going to be back next year. He is number one on the coach hiring list, and here we are. <laughs> He's coming back. He should have hired me to help him edit that Wikipedia page sooner." What did it say? They've changed it from the the controversy section for being to me. It's no longer there. Ooh. No longer there. Since I mentioned it on a, on a popular radio show, it was disappeared six hours later. Um, I do think the be enemy thing, this is one thing I think is really unfair to, um, black coaches in general and just minority coaches in the whole process is that Eric B enemy has been turned into the face for this whole process. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like it should not be one guy is the, 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 the face of the, the black coaches who need to be hired. I mean, it shouldn't be like that. And I thought 
Todd Bowles and Bienemy both had really good quotes to Peter King and his column on Monday where they're like, look, we're coaches, man. We're not black coaches. Like what I can't remember if he said like it was like a FedEx delivery or like a waiter, but he's like, you don't walk into a you know, like you don't like go to a Starbucks and be like, Oh look, a black barista. You know, it's just a barista. And so that that's a little unfair to these guys in the sense that, you know, they are being put in this position. And Todd Bowles has already been a head coach. And Bienemy's like, man, I'm just trying to we're trying to win games here. Um so that just a commentary on the whole Bienemy is the face of the the black coaches who deserve to get hired. Although I do think he deserves to get hired based on the merits of his coaching ability. But I understand why people might have some reticence. And as upset as he might be and as ridiculous as it is that he doesn't have a job as a head coach, it might all end up working out for him where he ends up in the best possible spot. Cause we talked about when the Texan job was the only one left, it was, Hey, what if the enemy ends up there? Like Eric, enemy, you don't want to end up in Houston. You don't want to wait all that time for a job and end up in a place where you might go one in 15 your first year because the quarterback doesn't want to play for the team. And uh, it, it's just a total disaster with Jack Easterby and, and, that's not where you want to be. So this could all end up working out in Bienemy's favor if he gets a job in a place where he can actually win. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll put the assistant or the, the coordinators who deserve are deserving of jobs as getting some revenge here at a, uh, I don't know, six out of 10. Cause I think it'll be propped up on the telecast. Does that, that sounds right. Size uh, feet, Brian Leftwich has. What's that? Do you know what he wears is? size nine or nine and a half. That's you can't hire somebody with nine or nine and a half. He's yeah, six it's, five. It's, wears size nine, nine and a half shoes. Unhireable. I know that because BMAC when he did the podcast with like Taylor, they were laughing about it, and I thought that was the the funniest thing I'd ever heard that someone that size. Also, Byron Leftwich been been hit by a car twice. <laughs> nine and a half. Nine. They called him like. Something to do with nine is is like their nickname for him. Um, Ryan, how did you not preface that with fun fact? That's about the craziest fun fact we've ever had in this podcast. It is incredibly fun. What size shoe do you guys wear? I wear size nine. So me and Byron left could share shoes. <laughs> how tall are you for for the listeners out there? I am seven inches shorter, five ten and, and a half. Seven inches shorter than than Byron Leftwich. Diva size shoe size. Diva uh, sixteen. No, I'm a, I'm a size ten. Okay. And I am on dating profiles. I'm six foot in real life. I'm five eleven and three quarters. <laughs> Breach, what size shoe are you? Like a seven and a half? Uh, eight. Wow, I'm an eleven and a half. You freaking tiny shoe. Yeah, you're you're, you're taller than me. He's a hobbit. He's four feet tall and has a size eleven shoes. Do you have hair on the bottom of your sole too, like the hobbits do? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> um. All right. Uh, do we let him? Leonard Fournette, storyline level. So what's this playoff Lenny thing? Just because he's running the ball occasionally? Is that what yeah, it is? Pretty much. Yeah. Doesn't do anything for me. Nah, nor me. Uh, Scotty Miller saying he beat Tyree Kill in a race. I could see a situation where Tyree Kill scores a long touchdown and runs over and does like a, uh, cheetah deuces in, uh, in, in, in Scotty Miller's face. So Scotty Miller has, I think, six plays of 35 plus yards this season, which is impressive when you think about it. Cause he's Scotty Miller, including that one big play, um, against the Packers. I just can't envision the scenario where he's beating Cheetah in a race. No. This is like me racing Tyree Kill. Like there's just <laughs> no one's beating Tyree Kill in a race. Why would you even try to instigate something here? This is not, if I, there's one thing you don't want to make Tyree Kill 
upset about on the football field. It would be challenging whether or not he's the fastest player in the NFL. That's just dumb. It's like it's like if Mahomes was like, I'm the greatest quarterback in the history of football. Brady would be like, no, no, now I'm mad. Now I have to go obliterate you. So don't don't do that. Uh, this is a good one. Scale of one to ten, the NFL completes a a COVID nineteen season on time. I think it's a ten out of ten. It's a massive deal. We're not going to miss a single game. Like they're, like they're just not at this point. Even if you have to bump back the Super Bowl two weeks, they're not missing a single game. But That's wait, no, you can't you can't bump it back two weeks because of all, all the logistical things. But what what happens if we have uh, a Saints Broncos situation where? The top four quarterbacks uh, on the on the Chiefs roster are injured. Are are you starting Tyreek Hill at quarterback? I think. Well, well, hold on. We had the Chiefs with two COVID issues today with uh, Daniel Kilgore, their center, and Demarcus Robinson, uh, wide receiver. And so now you're talking. And those guys, I don't think they test positive because if they did, they would be ruled out for the game. So they're just close contacts. But if they did end up testing positive, and you're talking about their close contacts with the offensive line room. The wide receiver room. Those are two key rooms in Kansas City. Uh, and that would totally throw a wrench in the situation. Also, also be like the ultimate irony that the NFL made it through the entire season and the Super Bowl blows up because how fast would people be betting on the Buccaneers? Uh, if every wide receiver was put in protocol and, and half the offensive linemen were in there. I mean, that would be insane. Uh, but I would say I agree with Brinson on the 10 part here. I feel like there was like a, a 24 hour period in like week four. We're like, oh, my God, they're going to cancel the entire week because the Titans, everyone in that season. roster has it. They're just going to cancel the season and declare the Bengals the Super Bowl champs. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't do that. Yeah, that didn't happen. By the way, if they, do that, if they do that, do the Bengals then – are they in the conversation for Dynasty? Yes. I also think there's a like some merit to the idea, if you're the Chiefs, of go down to Tampa early. And why? Because you don't have to worry about like close contacts at home. I mean, somebody goes to. I think the uh, trade-off is worth it staying at home. I'm just saying, like, Demarcus Robinson's I mean, hypothetically just kid goes to school, and there's a. But using that logic, then the Buccaneers should be in a hotel all week too, because they're at home. I, I don't think that's crazy either. I'm just saying, if you're the if you're the Chiefs, you could take the players from your team, get them out of like get them into a, a isolated hotel situation. And, uh, and, you know, keep him on lockdown. DMART uh, 42 points out there's more time to do something stupid. That's not wrong, but I wouldn't be too worried about this Chiefs team having just been here. You don't have any new additions like an Antonio Brown to worry about. And so in theory, you know, you, everybody's going to keep it tight, keep it between the most. They, they just had the playoff by two between them and the regular season divisional round. So like they've been in this exact situation already. That's true too. So maybe this is just a close contact. Let's see what happens situation. All right. That's enough storylines. I have a uh, chorizo quesadilla to go eat. I'm starving. A child screaming. My wife. I have a baby to put to bed. She cries unless I say goodnight to her. And we don't need her crying all night. My wife's trying to order a new dog, so I got to get downstairs. Order. <laughs> she won't buy a new dog. I don't know. Online. No, she wants. She wants a second dog, and I'm just got to go quest that. All right. Good luck. Nip yeah. it in the bud. That's uh. my wife wants a second baby. I got to quest that. All right. Both of you guys, make sure you go hey, It's a lot easier to snuff out the uh, second dog purchase than the second uh, <laughs> baby creation for various reasons. So good luck with that. All right. That's the show. See you later. 
May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Ambitions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.